Hello and welcome. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're five seconds in and I've already screwed up. Go Steve, Steve, you couldn't screw up. It's just genuinely you. And everyone loves that. I, I'm not sure everybody loves that. <laughs> I do have an ex-wife out there. I'm not sure she loves that. Uh, but welcome to Best of Five, your weekly FGC talk show. Um, I'm not your no- normal host, Ilan. Hey, I'm blocking here. Uh, we do have Puzera. Thank you for subscribing for 25 months in a row. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Elon is clapping from his thing hey, as well. I'm as here. is Vicious, who, uh, who uh, we will hear from a little later on today. Um, Elon, your normal host, he has a work thing, a very important work thing, uh, that we would be mad hey, at him for I'm missing out. Here. Uh, oh boy, Blue, thank you, Blue. Why are we My getting boy, so Blue. many subscribers? It's because am I? I didn't realize how zoomed in I was. Yeah. Um, so go like this. This is the thing. I am running the show. I have the keys. And I'm not sure how to drive. <laughs> so we're going to have a wonderful night. Uh, we've got a loaded show for you today. Uh, and it's all based around the three big events coming up this weekend. Uh, we've got the North America Regional Finals for the Capcom Pro Tour, uh, as, as well as the Open Premiere associated with that. We've got Vicious coming on to talk about that, as well as Street Fighter League, Red Bull, Conquest, and all of that good stuff. Uh, we've got Amanda Stevens coming in. You see her on Cheddar Esports. Uh, you, she hosts The Neutral as well. She's going to be joining us to talk a little more about Red Bull Conquest, as well as the big weekend of tech and action uh, centering around the final master event of the season, uh, DreamHack Atlanta. And we've got Kizzy K, who's coming in. He is go- actually going to be competing at uh, uh, Arc Revo America this weekend, which is the finale of the Arc Revo World Tour. So, loaded weekend, loaded show. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to toss to myself for a recap. Oh, uh, um, that was it right there. Go for it, Steve. Yeah. Uh, also say hi to Sonic. Hi, Sonic. Um, you know, he, he was around the first time. We figured he, he had to make a reappearance today with this new... How do you feel about this new design? I uh, I woke up and I opened up Event Hubs today and I saw it and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And Gangster's Paradise immediately started playing in my head, but it was... Uh, actually, this time it was Amish Paradise, the correct version of that song. I think that this is a... a beautiful uh, rework of what it was before. And I think that this will be probably something of a moment because the studio actually took it and pulled a star Wars and like redid the whole thing. Right. And, uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to go see the movie in theaters at this point. Jim Carrey might get me to do that. I'm not sure yet, but uh, he's looking way better than he was. And I think that's the general consensus on the internet right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Jim Carrey had me sold. You know, I've, I've always been a fan of the guy, but Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like with all the work that the animators put into this, because, you know, they went through hell. You know, this was like crunch time, crunch time yeah, to make this happen. So hopefully they get well compensated for their efforts. Uh, but anyway, let's do what we usually do on this show and kick things off with a recap, starting with uh, the final regular season week of the U.S. Street Fighter League. If the transition button, there we go. That's working lively. Uh, Knuckle Dew's team, Gale, 
got yet another win. They are on an absolute rampage right now. They close the season eight and two, locking up that number one seed in the playoffs. Uh, Team Storm with a 3-1 win over Team Psycho uh, gets the second seed with the their six and four record. They held the tiebreaker over Inferno. Uh, Punk side got a 3-1 win as well. So all three of those teams heading into the playoffs with momentum. And speaking of... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Not to, not, I, I broke your momentum, and I'm sorry. But I just wanted to qual- or, uh, clarify that that means, as far as the playoffs goes, that Team Gale is in there. But the other three teams have to fight for the the, the other spot, right? So uh, what is it? Storm will play the winner of, is it Frost and Inferno? And then the winner of Storm versus that will go with Gale to the finals? Not oh, Not quite like that. Let's actually take a look at the bracket. Yeah. Uh, why is this? There we go. Uh, I'm going to switch to the different view. There we go. That's going to make things a little easier. Uh, so Team Gale and Team Storm as the top two seeds are considered on the winner side. They mm-hmm. play and the winner goes straight to the U.S. versus Japan finals. Oh, I see. So they have to play first. I thought right. that Gale just had a straight shot already because of their record. No, they do have to play. The winner of that advances. Uh, the loser of that goes to losers finals. They'll be joined by the winner of the three four in that. Um, okay. So. so winners bracket, losers bracket. That's exactly what it is. Huh? Pretty much. Cool. Um, on the other side of the pond, we had round seven and eight of the Japanese Street Fighter League, and it was a very strong week for Team Mago. Uh, his Scarlet side. Got a 4-1-4-0 win over Daigo's Team Gold, and got and split the points with, uh, uh, excuse me, Team Flame, to jump into first place on 20 points. Got a log jam uh, for second and fifth. Everyone mm-hmm. separated by just two points. Uh, Itazan within striking distance, but they only have 11 points. They need some big results in rounds 9 and 10 to get into the playoff positions. Mm. Uh, Let's take it back over to our side of the pond, uh, specifically for Red Bull Conquest. The final two qualifiers were this past weekend. Um, I I was supposed to go to one of them, but uh, I got bodied by the flu, unfortunately. Um, How are you feeling now? You okay? I'm feeling a bit better. you know who else is feeling good? Samurai. Got the win over CCH to win in Street Fighter. He'll be joined in the finals with Eddie Boy Mang, who got who beat Speed, uh, Spring Trap, excuse me, for the Tekken title, and Squish, who beat Clem for the Eunice title. So those three will make up Team Seattle. Uh, one of the teams they will face there is Team Minneapolis. Uh, this was the... There we go. Uh which is also technically Team Tennessee because two Tennesseans came up and took our cookies, apparently. Trungy getting the win in Tekken, Spinach getting it done in Unist, Mojo for the second year in a row defending the honor of the Twin Cities, uh, getting the win over the man formerly known as Kangaroo, Small Cat, <laughs> in the Grand Final. You know, California pulls that crap on us here in Arizona every so often, too. They'll come over here and try to take our cookies, as you so eloquently put it. And uh, and it sucks. I hear you. There's so much cookie theft going on in this series. 
uh, and I love it. Uh, there was no such cookie theft in Korea. Uh, that nation was the host of PlayStation Arena, which served as a qualifier for both the um, both games on the SNK World Championship Series. Kulu held off infiltration to get the win in Samurai Showdown, so Kulu is headed to the SNK World Championship. Nearly pulled the double, uh, finishing second in King of Fighters 14, but instead it's Silo, or Silo. I'm not sure how that's pronounced, and I apologize, uh, who got the win there. So those two players will be headed to Japan in 2020. That's good. I hate seeing first place by by the same person at the same event, like in multiple different uh, tournaments. Like, I'm, that's just too much power. It's, they're too good. So I'm happy to see that. It, I mean, you can win one, but I don't want you to see win two. Let's nerf them. Nerf them. Yeah. Um, speaking of players who need nerfing, uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters Tour saw its penumptula next to last event. Penumptulous. Thank you. Is the word you're looking for. I'm not sure that is. No, I'm a writer. I know. Okay. I'll I'll trust you. You don't need no editor. Um, so the Spain saga took place this past weekend in Madrid. Um, it was a good weekend for Sonic Fox. It was a good weekend for Goichi. They finished 1-2 again. Uh, This time, Sonic Fox gets the Duke over his rival to take the top spot. This means he officially clinches uh, the DBFZ spot in the DBFZ World Tour Finals. However, he had already locked up a spot based on points. Uh, You also see uh, DeKill Sage rounding out a very strong weekend for Team Echo Fox. Uh, which will probably be the last time we see that for a while. Probably hey, uh, not to not to interrupt you again, but I'm going to interrupt you again. But it's for good reason, Steve. Uh, can we take a second and thank Sajam for bringing an army of 350 more viewers into our stream right now? Yes, thank you. We hope you enjoy the show. We do this every week. Um, format's going to be a little different this time, but... If you like what Steve's going to keep his shirt on the entire episode this time, but that is not the usual. So you got to come back uh, let, in the following week. Let's not make promises we can't keep here. Breaks Twitch's code of conduct every week, except for this one. But you know, all right. Um, speaking of breaking things, who broke through into the DBFZ World Tour Finals? Let's take a look. Uh, nine of the top fifteen spots have been locked down. Uh, to kill Sage, you got third place. Shanks and Wawa, who had strong weekends, they're all locked in, as well as Kazunoko and Chris G. Bon Baban is pretty much there. Um, it would take a very specific set of results at the Japan qualify or Japan saga to keep him out. But we've got a uh, fight for the last few spots. Look at 14th through 16th. Those final two spots have three players separated by just five points. That's awesome. Uh, you know, with all these new people, I think you should clarify why some of those names are in green, because I forget. Yes. If you look on the lower left-hand corner, you'll see that players in green are qualified for the DBFC World Tour Finals. That means that they cannot be knocked out of qualifying position. <sighs> Makes sense. Okay, so. cool. Uh, the other big event this past weekend uh, took place in Dubai, the Tekken World Tour also had its next to last big event, uh, Rocks and Roll Korea. 
or Rocks and Roll Dubai, excuse me. Um, the the first event run, uh, run by Rocks Gaming, I can say that sentence, was in Korea. But this time they ran an event in Dubai, in the UAE. Um, and it was another gr- strong weekend for Pakistan. Uh, Eliza, when is it not? <laughs> it, you know, they're getting harder and harder to find. Uh, Elias Honey getting yet another win. It's, it's already his third win. He is just He's just come on so quickly and been so dominant so quickly. Was Butts not here? Oh, Butts got 13th. Yeah. What happened to him? He fell off. Speaking of falling off, Super Akuma, 13th, washed up. Knee, well, it's because Akuma got nerfed, but knee, later on. John Ding, outside of top eight, they're washed up. Um, But yeah, strong, strong weekend for Elias Honey. Taking it over Hira, uh, that, that fourth name. You know, we always hear, you know, when Elias Honey, or when Ars Lanash came up, you think, well, there's some killers out there. There's Elias Honey who can't travel. There's a Teef Butt who can't travel. There's Hira who can't travel. Those first two... We saw what they could do when they could travel. And now Hero finally getting a chance at a big event. Getting second place at a master event. Dude's pretty good. I guess. And apparently uh, Arslan Ash is washed up because I've never seen him that far low on a uh, on a leaderboard. Oh, yeah. He's done. For, what he's, a loser. He's old news. I If I were uh, look, if I were a sponsor looking to pick somebody up, I wouldn't pick him. Wink, wink. Yeah, if I were Echo Fox, I would have nothing to do with Arslan Ash. <laughs> <laughs> for multiple reasons. Uh, yeah. But you see the names there. Very strong weekend for Arslan Ash. Very strong weekend for Elias Honey. If we take a look at the global standings heading into the final weekend, uh, here's where they're at. Elias uh, Honey now very firmly in the top 10. He is all, He is pretty much assured of being in. I, I think he is mathematically clinched. It's a little hard to, to calculate with the new system. Because people can go to multiple events in a single week. Uh, but look at the sp- uh, the fight for the final spot heading into this weekend. Saint, the last man in at 541. Rest, the first man out at 540. It's uh, the old story of the tortoise and the hare. You quit too early. You take a rest. You lose. It's going to come down to... I, I believe rest is going to a... Uh, a dojo event this weekend. Saint is going to uh, DreamHack Atlanta. Um, we'll, we'll we'll dive in a little farther to that when we talk with Amanda about the Tekken World Tour final weekend. But uh, speaking of the final weekend, take a look at what's going down. <laughs> it's plenty of big stuff. We got the playoffs for uh, the U.S. Uh, Street Fighter League. We've got the final regular season rounds for the Japanese Street Fighter League. DreamHack Atlanta, of course, being a master event on the Tekken World Tour. Uh, but it's also a big deal in the Smash community. Uh, it also serves as the Brawl Hollow World Championship. So that that game's fourth year has uh, coming to an end. Fourth esports season, I should say. Obviously, Can you play as The Rock yet in Brawl Hollow? They, yes, uh, they just added Asuka, too. Ooh. So if you want to be the Empress of Tomorrow. Uh, we also have the CPT North America Regional Final. The final itself and the Super Premier. Both will be on Capcom Fighters. Arc Revo America, the cap of the uh, Arc Revo World Tour. 
that takes place this weekend as well. You see the streams for that. You got plenty to choose from, honestly. Oh, yeah, jam-packed weekend for sure. Jam-packed weekend. Um, And if we can... Uh, John. Yes. Talk talk to the people about Sonic real quick. About Sonic, as yeah. in like the uh, the new and improved Sonic, or as in the uh, the drive-in that I went to with my girlfriend the other night on an impromptu trip way too late, and it was a terrible experience. Nothing like the uh, the commercials that you see with those two married gentlemen. No, the new Sonic, new and improved, has actual Sonic eyes. Uh, I believe they changed the uh, the the trailer to have. I just heard a beep. Okay. We oh, s- nice. We stopped caring now. Hey! Okay, cool. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you for killing some time, John. You can't just do that when he's talking about Sonic, man. What? <laughs> it's the second time today that I've talked about Sonic. I mean, on this show, and the show's only Dude, been going on for 20 minutes. Have you seen the second trailer? It looks way better than the yeah. original Nightmare Fuel that was or was supposed to be Sonic. All right, well, I was just about to say they changed it to Amish Paradise instead of Gangsta's Paradise, so now everything makes sense. It's a good trailer now. Did they actually? I believe yeah. not. Go back and look. No. <laughs> All right. Well, joining us now, uh, Mr. Jeremy Lopez, aka Vicious. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Big fan of the show, Dude. As you saw by my 15 months, yeah. Yes, we we. You help make this show happen, and, and I say fan, this non ironically, so. It's it's funny because before the call, we were just testing out all the audio and I know how hard these guys work, right? So the first thing out of my mouth was like, Steve, I got a question for you. He's like, what was that? It's like, how are you doing, man? And he just chuckled. Like, I don't think these guys get enough praise for the hard work they do because no one's ever asked how Steve or John are doing, man. But I was, you know, I care for these guys. So I'm I'm glad these guys are still doing the show. Steve is the majority of today. Steve is doing Elon's job. Steve is doing Efren's job, if you remember that guy. And, uh, and I'm just kind of here throwing out some uh, some little side tidbits that may or may not matter at all. But yeah, thank you, Steve. Do we not, all love you. Y'all ain't here for me. Y'all here to hear about the man Vicious. All right, let's talk about so, Vicious. Uh, I'm going off of your info, but you, you get all the data. I kid you not, when we reference stuff, even in the tour, even if we're not watching the show, we're like, yo, Ace King has all the details. I'm telling you. No one man should have all that power. Um, but you do. You're, you're the guy who knows everything it's like either you are the game to i'm not the guy yeah you are worship look at vicious's haircut is just like yours he, he, he copied my uh halloween mm-hmm. costume but that's i aspire okay. to be like you man that's okay that's okay um you know we we see you every week on street fighter league we also see you around at uh red bull conquest um mm. can you talk about uh this past weekend for you um at that event which i didn't get to see you because i was freaking sick but you you shouldn't have gone because it was damn cold uh i was sick as well but the event itself was really really great um the midwest scene really really showed out um we had an increase of attendees uh, as well as just actual participants in the tournament by about like 30 to 40 percent which is huge right um and just overall the presence of the community was really really solid every single game in their finals or even their top eight moments had the seats like packed right and at first during setup we were thinking oh damn is this too many seats you think that many people will show up we're like no it's fine just leave it and you know it was there just actually wasn't enough seats for people to watch the finals it was crazy it was actually a packed house in the mall of america 
Yeah, that's I'm, awesome. It's always the opposite problem that you see. Mm-hmm. People will cut to the cut to the scene or cut to the seats, and there'll be like six sporadic people thrown out, and yeah. and, and you're like, oh man, the, the the level of action that's going on right now does not line up with how many people are watching it live, and and with esports and everything, that whole story, it's like you really want to have that audience participation and excitement to go along with stuff. So yeah. it's, it's good to hear. Yeah, even when their games are over, like their respective games, like Unis players still stuck around to play some casuals. And Uniclear was available, by the way, in all the stops, which is pretty cool. Uh, even the Street Fighter players, that was second. They were still hanging out for the rest of Tekken, and it was it was pretty packed the entire way through. So it was very impressive. Uh, nice. Big shout-outs to the Midwest community. They're awesome. Uh, great hospitality all around. It was really fun to get to know them, too. Yeah, uh, I was really sad. You know, Obviously, this year was at the Mall of America last year which I was able to go to, even though I missed pools, uh, was at the uh, Union Depot, which is kind of... Which like, was sick. It was, it's a really awesome venue. It's like, it's, it's, like a, tra- it's a train station, but there's it this it was, huge, massive station. hallway that just... It, 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 you definitely need to uh, see it to believe it. I've never been there, but when I was growing up, one of our McDonald's was themed like a train station, and that was cool, too. Was it Hogwarts? <laughs> No, then it wasn't was long that before that. Took, is that where you took one of your kid photos? Because I remember one of your the photos you liked. That's show. not that you photo, but that was at a McDonald's. And also, what's going on with the North American Regional Finals <laughs> this weekend, guys? We only have so much time. <laughs> yeah, we've we've got a lot to cover. Um, obviously, there's stuff with Street Fighter League going on. Uh, mm. We did get some sort of Street Fighter news, not necessarily announced, right. uh, but sort of announced uh, through an interview. Uh, that Yoshinori Ono had with his uh, with Eurogamer, and let me mm-hmm. see if I can pull it up real quick. Um, yeah, it, it makes it sound like that we're going to get that this sort of twice a year sort of update is going to be the lat, or it's going to be what we see for uh, the foreseeable future. If I can mm. get it, there we go. I, I know that from uh, I, I read over at the article. I've I've checked out when or I guess from his wording, it seemed like he was going to get an update ready right before the year ends. It says specifically there are some things coming in November and December. That's what it says in the article. But they're just making room for some minor changes in preparation for um, the Intel World Open, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't want to have to. You know, you follow the trend after the CBT is over. There's like Evo Japan, which isn't a sanctioned part of the. Uh, tournament but they have like they throw in a patch everybody anticipates a patch right before the season actually goes live i don't think they're going to be doing that this time around i think they're looking to roll out something significant enough for the meta by the end of the year rather than before the tour from my understanding of it so you think in like balance change before the end of the year so that there's a prep time for the the Intel World Open where things don't change around so that the players can beef up for that and not have anything move around from underneath them I, that's what I'm anticipating. Only uh, from the article itself, that's all I could really gather up from my personal point of view. That smells to me though like there might be a balance change before Capcom Cup, which I feel like is, is not in the cards. Mm-mm. I think there's enough time, like ample time, for them to be like, "All right, well, here's a trailer for anything after Capcom Cup," which usually happens, right? They'll show mm-hmm. something after Capcom Cup. Unfortunately, last year it was uh, it was leaked and it kind of ruined all the surprises. But I think this year is going to be big. I think Ono-san and the team have been working very, very hard to uh, at least bring us something delightful, something out of the loop, I guess, or something out of the ordinary, I would, I'd say, yeah. uh, in Capcom Cup. Well, let's yeah, get... it sounds like... 
Oh, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to take a look at the exact quote he said uh, with his interview for uh, with uh, Eurogamer. Excuse me. He said, quote, one slightly different approach for the Intel World Open. Uh, in the past, when the CPT was running, we'd have the freedom to add a character while people are practicing or make a change or adjustment to the balancing. We want to create a level playing field as it is such a large audience and anyone can take part. Uh, therefore, I forget I have to hit that transition button. I'm sorry. Uh, as I mentioned recently, there are things coming out in November and December, assuming that's the, the big update that uh, they've talked about in the past. Once that's out, we're going to lock down the game for a while. So people aren't being caught out by balance changes when the qualifiers open up around mm -hmm. February or March. We're getting some big updates out of the out the way for the end of the year, and then we're going to say this is Street Fighter V as it exists now, and then let's let it run in the current form until the Intel World Open is over. End quote. So yeah, to me it we... sounds like character in November, and then in December you got Capcom Cup in the big finale, and that has to have a little more oomph than just a character. So that's character tournament mode as as ono starts to talk about in that same interview with like mm -hmm. over one or hundreds of players i think he is like i don't even know what that's gonna be but i'm excited to find out and then balance patch and i think then we kind of lock down until the end of intel world open that's my guess yeah i'm, I'm just kind of feel for fearful of that excuse me uh just because with every patch we don't really see uh the meta fleshed out too quickly i don't know if from december until july would be enough time for us to like find anything that's that's super out of the ordinary and be like hey we need a mid-season patch i don't know you never know how it goes with these things they've been uh pretty consistent these last couple of years with like mid-season changes so i'm just i don't know being skeptical as i should be right mm -hmm. well right. they didn't do it this year right we didn't get a mid-season patch this year right We've, we've got a lot to go through still, Let's do it. So, go through. Uh, so I'm sorry for pull you away from this. But I did want to ask you about Street Fighter League uh, with the playoffs coming mm -hmm. up. Uh, the four teams that we have in the finals, are those the four you expected to see? Uh, I want to say, with the exception of uh, Team Storm, they really caught me off by surprise. I honestly thought the that Team Psycho would be one of the top four yeah. um, with... Uh, smug dank and automatic because on paper they are one of the strongest teams in the roster right um in my at least in my opinion from what they've shown out in the cbt but man team storm has been really really surprising the hell out of me and tasty steve honestly uh 801 strider just kicking ass the whole way through mojo really having some good weeks and tommy two-step honestly man i don't see this guy enough he's actually beating the hell out of these guys out of nowhere so i'm i think team storm is the only one that that really really surprised me like uh the other team that's kind of new but not so much as team frost when you have two returning players you have samurai and dual kevin and then sherry being the only actual newcomer um i wasn't surprised to see them in fourth because they've been in this scenario before they understand the format which is extremely important they understand how the band system works and the strategy behind it and they're just overall super super strong right uh samurai with an impressive like ocv performance from last season carrying it over into this season and dual kevin just dominating fools with his rashid play the vast improvement from season one to season two has been astronomical all right, I'm not going to put you on the spot by by asking you for a prediction, but oh, please do. Okay, please. what's your prediction? Who, who's who's making it to uh, Japan? Who, who's making so, it to the U.S. versus Japan? 
I know you had the graphic up for the playoffs to kind of remind you guys it's Team Gale and Team Storm on the winner's bracket because of the current placement in their points, right? So Team Gale versus Team Storm. I think Team Gale is going to take out Team Storm from the last time or the last two times they've encountered each other. Team Gale has just had a great record. Um, I think Team Gale is going to make it all the way to the U.S. versus Japan final. So that at least three teams, right? You have Team Storm waiting in losers finals, then Inferno versus Frost. Now, Team Inferno with Punk being the returning team, there's no doubt in my mind that they would take it over Frost, at least from what I I think, right? I, I love Punk. I love JB. I love their chemistry. And then Broly also breaking down some of the characters for their teammates. Um, so I think Team Inferno versus Team Frost, I like Team Inferno easy, right? And then it's Team Storm and the losers, uh, the losers' final side. If they go up against Team Inferno... I think it's still going to be a done deal for uh, Team Inferno. I think they're going to be the ones to to join Team Gale once again. I know it's a very boring prediction, but I like I like the way they play and I like their stats, man. So I think it's going to be can't. in the end, it's Team Gale and Team Inferno once. But if I couldn't pick Team Inferno, I do like me some Team Storm. I do like me some Team Storm. Who has all the mojo? That's all I'm going to ask. Who has all the mojo? It's Team Storm has all the mojo. That's all I'm saying. Solemn You're story. right. You're right. All right. But so that's. What... I know John has something to say. He's. I don't know. He's grinning ear to ear over there. Oh, I was just gonna say. Uh, you can't bet against Punk. But then, how do you throw out the Samurai so consistent OCV against everyone with even characters like Ryu? How can you just write Samurai? Off? I think with the way Punk is as a person, he'll never let you get the best of him twice. Um, even if he was joking around or any sort of nature like that. Once he loses, there's something in his mind that clicks. It's like, I'm never letting you get this again. He's so I like that mentality. Yeah, player, yeah, I like I like that going into the mentality of the loser side with Punk. I like that kind of motivation being like that kind of pettiness to to fuel him above the competition. And and I felt like he's been kind of playing this whole season like it's been something of a joke, being more about like, oh, I'm going to do the presentation. I'm going to talk the yeah. smack. when, But but now it's time to hunker down. And I bet yep. you we see a little bit different of a Punk when we go to the playoffs. And that's how I feel about it. It's the same exact way. I, I'm anticipating him to be extra petty and be like, yo, screw all this nonsense. I'm just going to take over all you guys. Speaking of time to bunker down, it's it, in terms of the Capcom Pro Tour, it is time to bunker down because we are in yes. the final week, the final uh, event, the, the North America Regional Finals coming up this weekend. Yeah. It is going to be lit and I, I I unironically said lit. Yeet. So I am thirty five years old, and I unironically said lit. You look like you're pushing twenty seven. Come on now, what do you mean? How you doing, fellow kids? <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? Let, let's take a look at the global standings real quick. Uh, heading into this final weekend. Um, okay, boomer. <laughs> so uh we've got you know everyone i'd say from from infectious on up so 21 and up is comfortable the safest person is probably luffy at 27 just because of how things have worked out for him mm-hmm. but look at how tight it is uh right after that you've got strider right there at 810 uh, Itazan and Kichipamu at 780. Are there any real big surprises you see off of this standing right here? Mm, well, I mean, I've been I've been following uh, after like every single event. Um, 
I don't really see any big, big surprises. Everybody's been really uh, improving their game each and every one of these events. Uh, Zenith having a f- fantastic showing over in the Latin America finals, but it kind of gets a little tough to call for the likes of the bottom three, other than Zenith, right? You got 81 Strider, Itabashi Zangief, and Kichipamu. I'm a little worried for that. I'm actually surprised that, um, what's his name, isn't there? Damn it. I had his name. Justin? Haitani. Haitani. Haitani's a little further down there, too, yeah. 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 He's way out there. He needs, like, a top two finish, I think, for the NA regional finals. Yeah, we can Mm -hmm. actually take a look, because I've got it sorted out um, with some of the top players by region. And mm-hmm. if it wants to, there we go. Um, I don't know if you, can you see this graphic? I'm waiting for it to show up on the stream. Boom. All right, cool. It's in there. So yeah, you see Haitani, you know, he, he's at five twenty. He's 350. He's like over 300 points behind the cut line right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not, so if he's able to get to, he has to pass Moke and Kichipamu and Itazan to get that qualifying spot, which is going to be tough. But you look at the fight right there uh, between Itazan and Kichipamu, um, and the big gap yeah, between neck, yeah. yeah, and the big gap between them and Moke. So if neither of them plays their way into the field, one of those two are going to be left out. Mm-hmm. Um, Something else to note, too, with the, the North American finals going on this weekend, we still have one more representative to, to be elected or to, be, uh, to qualify via the regionals, right? The North American regionals. And even though Strider's on the bubble right now, if it were tomorrow, he wouldn't be in. I think he actually there, there's a good chance that with as many players on the uh, in the top eight of North America are already qualified, Punk and Do and, and IDOM and the like, that even if Strider doesn't get above that bubble, uh, unless it's like it's, there's like three other players, the Terrence and, and a few others. I don't remember off the top of my head. You probably know, Steve, that unless they win uh, Strider's in anyway, because of his placing on the, uh, the NA regional mm-hmm. boards. You know? If he keeps that uh, top spot, cause it's always possible. Like Idom and JB are very close to the cut line. So they, oh, yeah, could, they could fall. They could fall. So here's the list of, of regional finalists. Uh, Punk who is clinched. Knuckle do who is practically clinched. Yeah, uh, five forty points and five hundred five, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, punk. Well, f- punk's at like forty six hundred for global, and then oh, local. I meant for I meant just for any in just in general. But yeah, you're oh. right, absolutely right. Yeah. Ton of points, and then punk's just just south of a thousand. Uh, you've got Idom at nine hundred five, uh, JB at eight seventy five, and Strider at eight ten. All right around the bubble, and then you've got the three who like their only realistic path is to win. Uh, the regional final that shine Terrence and El Chicote. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to do some real damage there? Shine. Absolutely shine. He's been showing up to all these events. Uh, you know, Terrence as well, but shine. Uh, when it comes to how he's been playing as of late, he's been doing pretty well. And I like the character of Buki. Uh, I like the character of Buki to take down some of these other players compared to Chun-Li. Uh, that's how I would base it off of, but I do like shine over the likes of, uh, uh, Terrence and and the lot really, honestly. I'm not so sure. Shine even remembers how to play a bookie at this point because <laughs> he hasn't been able to play like all of SFL. Yeah, but there's time in between. I mean, it's week I'm after kidding. week, right? He'll have he'll have plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a lot of time for for him to to brush up on his bookie. 
I participated in Canada Cup, did just fine. Um, but yeah, I do like from the lot, from my personal experience and actually talking to these guys firsthand at events, I still like um, Shine to take it over the lot. Do you, you think Shine's not just going to make noise? you think he's going to win the whole thing? That one's a little tough. Um, where's the... Damn, do you have that? You don't have that graphic for who else is in the contingent for this, for the regional finals, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, I just have it. Strider. So first round would be Punk versus El Chicote. Uh, mm-hmm. Then JB and Strider. That's the top half. Lower half would be Knuckledew versus Terrence and Shine versus Idom. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. I didn't know the I didn't know the actual like bracket because I didn't look it up. But um, damn, that's hard, Steve. I can't even make a prediction at that point. Uh, I was gonna say, can I cuss? I was gonna say, shit, that's hard. No, <laughs> we're we're, no, we're not gonna right. we're not gonna kick you off for using profanity. Okay, I only use one. Just just okay. Don't going. say shit. You get three. Say shit. You get three. Okay. Okay. Well, that was okay. <laughs> Duly noted. Uh. That's hard. Yo, Shine versus Idom? Yeah, the NLBC Classic. You're right. Uh, that's tough. Uh, I do like JB and where he's at in the bracket as well. He's doing phenomenal. He's, uh, I, I think I probably have a better answer for you after I think about it, really. Yeah. Well, it's, we it's we don't crazy. care about and your best better. answer. We count. This is all about hot takes here. I like JB and Shine, but there we Shine go. versus Idom is tough. If, and that's, that's literally 50-50 between Shine and Idom. I got a coin right here. You want me to flip it? Sure, please. All right. Who's heads? Shine is heads, uh, eye down is tails, and it is Shine. Congratulations, you are the winner. All right, he's winning. He's winning right. the whole thing. You just played Street Fighter Five. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right, so uh, when it comes to the... <laughs> we, we've got to wrap this up, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But when it comes to this weekend's action, what is the... Do you have one player who you've got your eye on the most? Uh, one player you said, hey, we haven't talked about them yet, but they could really do something, either in the regional final or the open premiere. Um, for the premiere event, I'm actually scared about the uh, EU players, man. I know Takamura is coming along. Uh, Luffy being the bubble is is, is going to be a huge threat to shake things up. I'm actually worried about those two invaders. More so than how the NA scene is going to be doing, honestly. Uh, Takamura, I know he's considered a long shot, but he could still, if he places very well. And I'm saying it's 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 going to be hard to say because you need like top three at most. Yeah, he needs point. top three, or he needs Luffy to not fall out of yeah. top twenty-seven. Yeah, but those two can be taking out every other person and really shaking up the results. So I'm worried about those guys, honestly. Um, <clears throat> I am not too worried about how Daigo's going to be doing. Daigo's Daigo. Everybody talks about Daigo. It's fine. Um, but those, again, those two are the only ones I, I really had my eye on is um, Takamura and Luffy. All right. Well, um, yeah, we've, we've got a lot to go, so we've got to let you go at this point. But uh, how can For people sure. follow you? Uh, you guys can follow me at ViciousFGC. That's V-I-C-I-O-U-S-F-G-C on all social media platforms as well as Twitch, Twitter, instagram i don't use facebook i'm sorry but that's the best way to reach me that's all three is uh all three of those that's the only thing us old people use so uh (laughs) vicious thank you for taking the time to join us we really do appreciate it and have a wonderful time at the finals
<laughs> thanks guys i appreciate you both all the hard work you've been doing keep it up and uh i love you both i love you i love you say say it back steve john said it he always it back. Says it. say it back steve it back all right i'll see you later i'm out of here Bye. <laughs> uh vicious thank you um that was fun let me see uh, why you gotta invite guests on and not tell them you love them steve i i, I love them in a strictly platonic way uh let me see uh john yes talk about sonic so again. sonic yeah so anyways the new trailer has come out and this is going to be a moment in our like media history because i don't think that this has happened on this level before where an initial trailer comes out people react to it and justly so because that thing looked terrible hey what's going on hold on Good. hold on hold on hold on hold on so we i mean it's never really happened before but they actually hey, pulled the whole th- we got your right name up hey I'm vicious now. Sick. Well, we know you're vicious, but uh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Amanda Stevens joins us. Uh, You see her on, uh, uh, excuse me, Cheddar Esports uh, talking FGC stuff. Uh, You saw her at some of the uh, Red Bull Conquest events, and you also see her as host of The Neutral. Uh, Thank you for joining us, Amanda. Uh, I'm happy to be here. How's everybody doing? I'm I'm surviving somehow. I don't know how, but I'm doing. <laughs> that's the best Steve ever says he's doing. So that's a good thing. And I'm doing great. So thank you so much for coming on. No problem. I'm ready to talk about some good ass tech in and also like talk about Red Bull Conquest. Let's start with Red Bull Conquest because, you know, we talked to Vicious, who was at um, the Minneapolis qualifier. You were at the Seattle qualifier, right? Oh, man, I was at Seattle, and then, of course, I also did Orlando, Philly, and Houston. What it, What has your experience been uh, working with them this year? Uh, so, you know, working with Red Bull is obviously, like, a really cool opportunity. I'm a, I've been a big fan of the Conquest Tour, or I should say, like, the Red Bull Fighting Game Tour, because I also, like, covered the Battleground Finals in Boston in 2017. I was in D.C. for the Conquest Finals, uh, covering it out of my own pocket, uh, that kind of led to me doing the Conquest Tour because they got used to seeing my face. All right. Uh, awesome. Um, what What was your experience like specifically in Seattle? Uh, what, what did you uh, think of what went down there? So uh, the interesting thing about the Seattle FGC is that, like, you do have some really strong cats out there, but they're not travel experience. So when they have to play people outside of, like, the Pacific Northwest, uh they're not as strong right like unfortunately this is a team filled with invaders similar to my one of my other teams orlando where we have uh squish representing arizona well representing seattle by way of arizona we went and got your cookies because all our cookies are gone (laughs) yeah uh then we have samurai right from norcal uh for street fighter the only pacific northwest person uh who's actually seattle born and raised is their titan winner eddie boy mang who, like, uh, from what I understand, like, had a kid and, like, took a, like, pretty decent break from Tekken. And then sort of this year, which will, you know, eventually we can segue into, like, dojo events, um, you know, kind of came back to Tekken and has been sort of on a local tear and should be really interesting to see him stack up versus a lot of these, you know, bigger Tekken names like Shadow and Trungi and Anakin when he heads over to the finals in Santa Monica. Uh, speaking of the finals, I've actually got a list of the players 
Uh, let's I, look at I have teams. one too. Uh, just taking a look, uh, you know, Trungi, Mojo, and Spinach representing my city, even though, you know, two of them are from Tennessee. That's cool, though. That's cool. Yeah. So what I think is super interesting about the way that uh, this all shook out is that for the most part, when you when you look at the winners for each uh, region, you've got some people that are not only, you know, household names, but they're killing it on their respective tours, right? Uh, Anakin and Shadow are, in the t- are qualified right now for technical tour, if I'm not mistaken. You've got Punk. Samurai, you know, you've got a decent chunk of the SFL and Street Fighter. And then, you know, you've got all the all the big Eunice cats, right? You've got Trill and Red Blade and Squish. Uh, you've got Hotashi, you know, the, the recent uh, Guilty Gear player who's been uh, sort of surprising everybody as how quickly and viciously he's learning Eunice. Do you do you have any picks who who, who you think is going to win the final out of those? Just just real quick. Uh, I mean, so I was talking about this with Vicious earlier, and you guys to an extent. I honestly have to give it to LA. Uh, Demon, there was no Atlanta this year. That's why Team Orlando is like seventy five percent Atlanta because Terrence and Anakin are obviously not from Florida. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to LA. Like Punoy on a good day can beat most of the people in Street Fighter. Speed Kicks is obviously really good. Is obviously a really strong Tekken player. And then you have the best North American Eunice player in Red Blade, who the other two best, right, in Squish and Trill, both say that on a good day they lose to the to Red Blade. So like when the point system is, you win, you get a point. You lose, you get zero points. You've got the guaranteed wins in the red blade column, and then speed kicks and Pinoy can upset pretty much everyone. So I'm gonna have to give it to the LA team. My dark horse team would probably be Seattle. Okay, well we'll definitely have to see how that uh, shakes out in a couple weeks. Uh, week and a half actually is when finals are going down. Yeah, twenty third through the twenty fourth on Twitch.tv slash Red Bull hashtag Red Bull Conquest. There you go. Show. Steve, did you have any more Red Bull Conquest questions? Um, I did not. I did have a Red Bull question, though. Oh, oh, for it. Uh, because kind of in the realm of Tekken, uh, we did find out uh, some news today. Uh, oh yeah, some guy named Arslan Ash got signed by Red Bull. Really risky pickup on Red Bull's part. Uh, I've heard that he's like washed up recently. It's like a fifth place kind of finisher. I don't know what they're doing, but. Yeah, this is a this is a really awkward pickup. So it's really funny about the Archland S pickup, right? Is that like didn't he like tweeted it out months ago? Yeah, he, he tweeted out like the the Wait, Red Bull logo. Months with... ago, he sent out he tweeted out the Red Bull logo with like a thinking emoji, and like I understand that it wasn't like a confirmed leak on his part, but like what else were we going to think, right? Like he he put it into. Uh, he put it into reality, so it's happened. Uh, congratulations to him. Um, sort of continuing the theme we've seen uh, from all of these players coming out of Pakistan, um, and and not just Pakistan, but other areas of the world. 
Um, so what I love about what Red Bull's doing, and I know this is like a sidebar to like all the Titan talk that I'm supposed to be doing, is that I love that like Red Bull is basically saying like, if you're a good player, we don't care what region you're from, we're going to sign you. So we saw that with uh, Big Bird. We're seeing that with Arsenal and Ash. We've seen that with the North American players that they've signed, like Anakin and Snake Eyes. They don't really care where you're from as long as, like, you're talented, you can put up the wins, but that you can also, like, represent the brand in, like, a positive fashion. And it, it, it's, like, a no-brainer to sign Arshlin, right, with the season, the year he's had. Like, anyone, it, it, it's surprising that no other team has sort of taken a risk on, like, picking him up. But it's also, like... Pakistan, U.S. visa problems are going to like stay a thing until uh, we potentially change presidents. So I can understand why other places would be a little bit more hesitant to sort of add him to the roster. Sure. And that's obviously you, you kind of touched on uh, players not being able to travel as much because of reasons that are beyond the scope of fighting games. Um, yeah. One thing, and we talked about this a little bit in the, you know, our pre-show talk. Uh, one thing that's, that I feel has sort of contributed to lessening that, or at least lessening the impact of that uh, on players is this sort of the implementation of the dojo system in the tech. Yeah. Team. So the dojo system, and I'm glad that somebody clarified it to me uh, because I had a misunderstanding. I thought you could only have like a hundred dojo points. You can have up to 400 dojo points, right? Yeah. If you, uh, if you went four of the biggest uh, dojo events, which is, which is tough to do. That's like 400 yeah. person brackets. But like the cool thing about the dojo event is that like on the surface level, it was to get more people into competitive Tekken, right? Um, and so that, Far and away, it was a big success, right? We saw how it influenced the early Red Bull Conquest events, right? In the number of entrants for Tekken, when it was still a dojo event, we had to, you know, obviously ixnay that because uh, dojo events are open to everyone and Red Bull Conquest is only open to U.S. citizens. So, issue, right? But, like, we are seeing that this dojo system has done a lot for the Tekken World Tour as far as, like, giving players some points that they probably wouldn't have had before. So it should be like it's it's really interesting that they for all the for all the stuff that I gave the Tekken World Tour last year on Cheddar price structure points uh, ability to sort of make it right if you weren't Korean from the EU or from the US this year they sort of have swept my expectations on like what their tour could look like they they still need to work on the price structure. But in all other areas, I think that they've vastly improved the Tekken War Tour. That's so important right now with the way things are emerging with these tours. You're expecting there to be a bunch of bumps in the road when these guys are doing it kind of more or less for the first time. But to see improvements like that, we've seen improvements made on like the Capcom Pro Tour and it continues to be a more and more refined event. But to see the jump that happened for the Tekken World Tour between just even last year and this year, the way people are talking about it, I, I like the tech and scene just continues to excel in like every avenue. It seems. I think part of it is that um, you had a lot of pros at the end of the finals last year being like, I have to quit, mm -hmm. right? Like I financially cannot do this if winning gets me a thousand bucks. Right. And that, 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 that was like a very attractive thing. You had like Q Dan's and a bunch of other pros being like, this is my, this might be my last year. Like sponsorship money. Isn't that great. The price pool is terrible. 
Like, I can't travel all around the world to make 1,400 points happen to not make any money. Yeah. So I think it was, I, I give a lot of props to Bamco. I also thank Haradasan for basically kind of taking over esports over at Bamco because they heard that loud and clear. And, you know, some game companies, they might have just said, you don't like it, don't play. But props to Bamco to basically say, nope, we hear you. If our top players are quitting, then what's the point of the tour? And they won 80. I mean, they still got a ways to go to make Tekken more sustainable for its pros, but it's in a great place right now. But we should keep moving because we still got to talk about patch changes and clinching spots. Well, I wanted to ask about uh, not to sing Bandai's uh, praises too loudly at the moment because... You know, coming more from the Street Fighter realm, I have felt the pains of having Akuma around quite a bit. And it sounds like in the last couple of uh, weeks or so, you guys have as well. And so I wanted to ask about uh, what's it like with Akuma? How's life right now? And has the most recent patch that just recently came out, recent, uh, doing as far as uh, as mending those kinds of wounds? Let me so just- I'm going to be... Yeah, sorry. Let me just uh, throw this on the screen. Uh, just going over the patch notes themselves. Uh, so, sure. so everyone sees it. Uh, the big one, obviously, is going to be a cool one. Uh, his meter gain is decreased by 25% across the board. Uh, minor changes for uh, Dragunov, uh, Negan, Shaheen. A couple buffs for Zafina. Doesn't seem like a major change outside of a cool. I mean, you even think it is a, a major change for you? So, I'm going to be real. Uh, I don't see this being that big of a nerf. I mean, it's a nerf, right? But by, by the strictest definition, tools were taken away from Akuma and that meter gain is decreased. Uh, I don't think there have been enough events for me to really say, like, oh, man, the Akuma players are hurting. But on the surface level, I don't see this, like, affecting Akuma players at the very top level. Uh, I feel like this is one of those nerfs that is super uh, in league. So I also cover League of Legends. We sometimes have nerfs that are for pro play, and then we have nerfs for yeah. everyone else, right? Yeah. And I feel like this is a really great nerf to get everyone to shut up about Akuma on online. But like, I don't see Super Akuma like falling off a cliff because Akuma's meter gain is twenty five percent less. I think one of the biggest problems of a character like Akuma is that he has a lot of good tools, and you really can't nerf characters that have just great tools without literally just deleting the tools out of their moveset. We see this when we have Rashid nerfs, and when we see, you know, nerfs to characters like Karen, that if you have a character that just has a lot of tools, it doesn't matter how you change the frame data, how you change the damage, how much health you give or take away, the tools are what makes the players great with them. And as long as they have those tools at their disposal, I don't see a world where Kuma just like falls off of a cliff unless you make him, unless you like maybe go as extreme as like we did in Street Fighter where we made him a very big glass cannon. Like maybe that's what's needed where you just like give him next to no health and you're like, well, but you get hit like five times dead. So have fun with those tools. But otherwise, I just don't see a world with the tools that Akuma has to him and how unique he is to Tekken. I just don't see him, you know, falling out of the tier list. Definitely not at the world at the finals. Um, and probably not in season four, unless they make some drastic changes to the game. 
uh, in that time frame. Do, do you think it's appropriate that there are changes happening right now at this stage in the game, on, on this stage of the season? So uh, I, I think if this patch was more extreme, I would be yelling from the rooftops at Bamco. We don't see this happen in a lot of other esports. Uh, for example, once again, like League of Legends, uh, when they do a patch, they'll announce that a specific patch is like the playoffs patch or the world's patch. And they might keep patching since then, but there's like a definitive patch that all the players know that this is the meta that they're going to be playing on for worlds. Uh, and that gives a lot of stability, right? Because you, you don't have to worry about the future patches. Uh, here, I, you really can't do that with fighting games. You can't have like a tournament realm patch, right? For people to keep playing on. So I was really worried when I heard the announcement that there was going to be a patch like a week before the before DreamHack Atlanta. And then they rolled out this patch. And honestly, eh. No character, I think, got any tools that's going to really shake things up. The top tier characters didn't take any hits. Like I said, I don't think the meter change is going to affect anybody but, you know, the online hero Akumas. So I'm pretty okay with patches this late in the season if they're like this. All right. Fair enough. Well, we, we get to see it in action this coming weekend uh, with DreamHack Atlanta. Uh, uh, dojo events all throughout the world, including one in Atlanta uh, that just went over, I want to say, over 100 entrants at this point. Yeah. Speaking of DreamHack Atlanta, uh, I know that during the pre-show you guys were talking about Rest in Saint. But I don't want people to forget about John Ding, who's sitting at 515 points. Yeah, let's actually take a look at those global standings one more time. Uh, yeah, so like at 515 points, if he has a really strong run in Atlanta, he could clinch his way in, right? Like top 16 might push him in? Well, yeah, here's the thing. He would need uh, – let me pull up the thing – uh, he would need to gain 25 points. Uh, yeah, which isn't impossible. It's not. His low master event score is 25. He, he, yeah. That, <laughs> he, he got ninth this past weekend. He got ninth at uh, Combo Breaker. He got ninth at uh, Rev Major. Ninth at Tokyo Tech and Master. He's been nothing if not consistent. I mean, I mean, that's how, in fairness, that's how people like Daigo sneak into like Capcom Pro Tours, right? Like every now and then Daigo just like hits the, the necessary point value that he needs to get into the Capcom Cup. So like John Ding can totally just, I don't want to say phone it in, but there's like a very strong chance that John Ding finishes ninth again. Um, ninth actually doesn't you know, help him because it's only the top three. It's only so, the top three of results. Oh. Right, so, so he has John to get like Ding, fifth, I think fifth. Yeah, fourth won't be enough. He needs to get at so least fourth. I would. I or mean, fifth. like, so here's the good news for John Day, right? He's in Atlanta, where the UIU home base is, right? So doesn't have to stress too much. Is uh, what if, if is like a pretty good peak condition place for him to be. I would not. I'm not writing him off, right? There are some people on that on that screen that you just showed me where I'm like, all right. I love you, but you're probably not getting there unless you, like, tear up the LCQ. I love Speed Kicks and Joey Fury. They're LCQ heroes at this point, right? Like, they could they could make... I, I don't see them winning Dreamhack Atlanta. So I don't see too much of the current lock-ins being 
shaken up with the exception of John John Ding probably maybe passing uh rest or safe. So that 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 was like my when I when you asked me to look at Dream Hacking Lanta and then I looked at point values, that was the only thing that I saw that was like pretty spicy and could happen. Of you know, everyone's talking about oh, is it gonna be rest, is it gonna be safe? And then John Ding comes in like third at Dream Hack Atlanta, and then we're asking Saint and Rest Two. Right, so who do you, do you think he's going to get third? I mean, he hasn't looked super great this season. I mean, like you said, consistent nine finishes, right? But I mean, let's not forget that like he he is not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, and we've seen him clutch. We've seen him have very clutch performances in the past. So I wouldn't. I'm not going to write him off, right? I, my favorite thing to do is like look at dark horses. I don't like doing the safe, vicious route where I talk about who's obviously going to get in. I'm going to go with the spicy take, and the spicy take Bring is that like I can honestly see a world where John Ding finishes third or fourth and pushes makes rest like because what rest is going to a dojo event this weekend. Right? I believe he's so. Not, he's he's not going to DreamHack Atlanta. No, so like rest has to win his event where John Ding has to just, I mean, I shouldn't say just come in for, right? There's a lot of killers. Like, that That DreamHack Atlanta event is effectively the LCQ. But I, I can see a world where, like, John Ding finishes fourth and Rest doesn't hit, hit the way he needs at the dojo event and then, you know, pushes Saint down one, Rest is out of qualification, and then we're talking about how can Rest, you know, rally to win the LCQ. Oh. I can see that world. Maybe, maybe I'm a UIU show, and you know I like I like my Atlanta team, but I, I, it's not impossible, right? It's not improbable for for John Ding to do it. Is it? Does it look a little rough considering the season he's had? Yeah, sure. Like, let's be honest. But like, these guys are pro players for a reason, right? Like, their job is to is to you know come out and perform as best as they can. And I don't think on John Ding on his best day can't come in for right yeah. i think john ding on his best day can win some of these events so obviously on his best on his like best day right now I, I, top four isn't beyond my stretch of the imagination it's whether or not he's performing at his best i don't think he's necessarily performed at his best this season all right well well this would be a great t- great weekend for him to do it uh any final thoughts about DreamHack atlanta before we let you go um I mean, you're the math guy. Can anyone like Joey Fury or Speed Kicks like qualify off of winning? No, right? Yeah. They're like too the, far out. They would have to do because the current cutoff is 540. They're well within range where if they get a win, they can beat it. They can get it. But okay. it's, it's I like forgot they, what the exact point values are. It's it's 300 for winning, 220 for second. So it they need like top three. To get in there, yeah. Position. So Speed Kicks is at four hundred five, and Joey Fury's at three ninety five. Yeah, so so you're looking. Uh, so they top could. Three. They'd have the top three. Uh, I, my, I, I'll have as much space. I mean, you, honestly, you gotta be truthful. You gotta be truthful. I mean, honestly, if you told me to put money on John Ding coming in top four, I might, uh, I might have to like call my bookie, and and. And some stuff. If it's I mean, legal like, in your state. If it's legal in your if state. If it's legal in my state. Um, I, do have, I do have a, a quick question because there's another player that like just needs to perform this weekend, and that's Kanan Trench, right? He's another guy 
who could squeak in with just a decent performance, but he's not going to DreamHack Atlanta. I don't know if there's any EU dojo events. Yeah, the problem is he can't gain enough points by just going to a dojo. He would have to go to DreamHack Atlanta. Oh, so the Kanan Trench is just completely out of it. Got it. Right, unless unless registration is still open for another day. So maybe he makes the trip. Who knows? Maybe he makes the YOLO flight. Like, I'm looking looking at sort of these, like, on-the-bubble needs to, like, top three people. Uh, yeah, I don't see any, anyone really, really making the cut. Like, I wanted to make the strong argument for John Ding just because, like, points, he just needs, he, he needs less points than some of the other people to get there. But considering how many points some of the other people we would expect to do super well, like Book, Speed Picks, Joey Fury, Q-Dance, Cherry Berry Mango, like, they, they need to effectively win to break in. So I, as much as I want to see DreamHack Atlanta shake up the standings, just like points are not working in a lot of these players' favor. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for you. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's been hell to get home at, uh, after having your flight delayed. So we re- do really appreciate you coming on. No problem. All right, I'll catch you guys later. Yes, and be Thank sure so to much. follow her on Twitter. Uh, she's the host of... The neutral. She also had. She does writing. She does a lot of things in the FGC. Ch- definitely check her out. Thank you, Amanda. No problem. Peace. Peace. All right. So, John. Yes. I I really want to hear it this time. I think you're just giving me a hard time because I'm going to start talking about it and you're just going to interrupt me with some other interview. I. Uh, hey, I'm blocking. Would I do that? To okay. You? Would I do I'm that? I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that you're not going to. So anyway, like I was saying, Sonic, they revamped the whole thing. Jim Carrey's still around. Now they have the best of both worlds because they had this shitty, distracting version of Sonic, but then this awesome version of Jim Carrey. Okay, okay, done, done, done. Hi. Can you hear me, Kizzy? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes. What's up, Kizzy? It's been so long. It's been since Street Fighter Four, right, dude? I haven't been traveling, so I haven't been seeing. I don't live in LA anymore, and I, I don't know if you still live in LA, but yeah, I'm I'm still in uh, Long, uh, Long Beach. Right on. Yeah, how well, you good been? Good to see. Not too bad. Just uh, just playing Street Fighter Five and enjoying it and stuff, and uh, and and doing this show. Cool. I'm <laughs> I'm actually pretty uh, happy to hear, see that you're actually doing, like podcasts and stuff because I'm a I'm a big fan of podcasts, man. I really like them a lot. So it's good just to see like podcasts and stuff like happening, especially coming from you because you've been in the dark for so long. So. <laughs> well, it's, really I, it's funny you mentioned that we're recording uh, the next episode of the Event Hubs podcast tomorrow, and I'm having Majin Ten Shinhan on to talk specifically about the new Guilty Gear because we got a whole bunch of information about that just over the last week or so, mm-hmm. and um, and a lot of it has as as amazing as it looks and I'm no you know guilty gear hardcore diehard or anything like that but it looks beautiful you got to love the song uh the the reveals have all been hyped and yet I'm starting to hear a lot of negativity about it hearing that it's like dumbed down and things like that and I know that you've been pretty close to it so I kind of want to get your reactions to how this whole thing is is looking at this point well I think uh I think people saying dumbed down I guess that concern can be a, a huge issue, right? But from when you actually play it, you actually get a chance to like dabble it and you know uh, spend a little bit of time rather than just watching like a, a, a stream or something. You start realizing that like the game feels the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, the direction of the game is just a little different from what you usually you're usually playing. So you know, uh, I think the direction that they're going to is good. 
I think the execution of the game, like in terms of like not not the execution like inputs, but like in terms of like the idea that they had, I think they uh they just need to kind of like uh like spread their wings and like go to like other ideas as and, and part and implement what they're doing now. So I know uh, it's early, but how much fun have you been having playing the game relative or compared to the other guilty game, uh, the other guilty gears that you played, and and the things that people know. So I was only able to get a chance to play it, like uh, you know, during the the time that I got invited to um to the to the show. And I would mm-hmm. say from like the few minutes that I got a chance to like play and dabble a little bit, it felt like guilty gear. Like the neutral was guilty gear. I didn't feel like there was no like you know, uh, a different, like, you know, different, like, game. I felt like the neutral was still the game that I was playing literally 20 minutes ago. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really, it didn't really change a lot. However, uh, what changed a lot was uh, the, like, kind of, like, the reward that you get uh, from, like, you know, just a straight hit. You know what I mean? Like, straight hit damage is not really high, which I'm okay with that. I think straight hit damage shouldn't be as high until you get resources, right? Mm-hmm. If that's the idea that they're trying to get, which is why I said like the idea is really great. I just feel like they didn't execute it properly. Like uh, they put too much emphasis on like one idea, but I feel like the, like what they showed us is like great. You know, I, I, I hope that they keep uh, getting feedback and I really hope they keep like uh, actually investing time into like, you know, the other, other parts of the fighting games, you know, that's why fighting games are so beautiful. Well, speaking of, you know, your, your opportunity, obviously with the big reveal stream uh, from Arc System Works, you were a part of that. How did that come about? Uh, you talking about just getting into the show? Yeah, yeah. How, like, did someone just like... Uh, yeah, I, so they just asked me, they were just like, hey, man, like, uh, we, you know, we know you want to get a chance to, like, uh, play the game, you know? Uh, and I, and I, think, I think another thing, too, personally, I think it's because, like, they seen that I've been doing, like, a lot of content for the game. So uh, I I would assume that just all the content I was just doing, they were just like, man, we really we we should at least give them an opportunity to like do this right and like thank it's like a kind of like a thank you right, and uh, I think uh, they just hit me up and it was just like, hey, uh, you know, are you doing anything this this day? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, come to the show. We're we're gonna uh, showcase the game. And I was like, cool. So I was really happy about that. So can't really complain about that. And my dog. My dog's barking. I'm sorry. About also that. happy about that, right? Yeah, yeah, he's extremely excited. So, so you didn't know a whole bunch going into it. It wasn't some secret, like you know, the suits come up and then tell you all the the dirty details and stuff. It was just more of a matter of fact sort of happening. Yeah. So, like when I walked in, so, I, so of course, like when I walked in, you know, I, I seen the game a little bit. They was just telling me like, okay, we're gonna go through these mechanics and stuff like that. So they were just you know breaking down of like uh, you know what I need to do and like, you know, kind of talk about the game, stuff like that. So, you know, as the time, as the time of them talking to me, I was like breaking the game down, trying to, you know, as a, as a competitor, I'm like trying to break the game down, see like, huh, like what's new here and like, what can I do here? And like, you know, how is this play? And I, I asked a lot of questions. Uh, I was asking a lot of questions. I was like, Oh, so how, what made you guys decide about this? Mechanic? You know? And he gave me an explanation about it. I was like, huh? interesting you know i was just asking a lot trying to see like where their brain is so mm-hmm. i could kind of like give the proper feedback so that's what awesome. i was doing. yeah all right let me get on the right screen here i'm sorry um so uh speaking of guilty gear obviously because you're we've, we've got the big event coming up this weekend 
uh, with mm-hmm. Arc Reaver America, you actually were one of the first players to punch your ticket. To uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. were thinking all the way back, and I know you can't see it, but we're actually going to play a clip of you winning at Frosty's back in January. Uh, first of all, what was going through your mind the moment you you win a big tournament like that? When, like as soon as the last hit is landed. So my whole my whole mindset, uh, just playing usually in tournament, is uh, I I usually really really watch watch like who I'm playing, and uh, you know I like when I'm really playing really good, I kind of like I kind of just really really just go off like intuition like a mm-hmm. lot. And I'm really, really just like, oh, okay, I see that this opponent is doing this. I need to, like, really, really make sure I take that away from me. Like, that's the thought process I have, right? So I'm playing, like, you know, I'm just playing, like, traditional fighting games. But also I'm trying to, like, get an upper hand against my opponent. So, uh, you know, when I felt like um, he uh, peppery splash when he beat uh, Teresa, I was like, okay, I know that I, I can win this now because now – uh, I already play, and I already know how he how he plays in winners final. Then I'm just gonna like uh, clean up the the stuff that actually that he actually like took advantage of uh, towards me. I'm gonna clean that up, and I'm gonna make sure that I you know I stay solid. So I was really really just like confident, and like even before going into this event, like I literally told everybody like the day of like the day before the tournament, like I was like. You know, to be honest with you, I don't think I'm losing to anybody in here. And I, <laughs> I said that, and I was like, I, I was, I practiced mad hard for the event because I want to make sure to get the get the first event, so I don't got to stress out later. So I put a locked lot, in here with you. Yeah. So I literally put a lot of time. I put a lot of time, a lot of time. So I'm really happy that I paid off. I was really, really happy that uh, it paid off because, uh, like I said, I really wanted that spot. Riddle me this. When you invest that much time and that much effort, and then you win that early on in the season, now have you exhausted most of your uh, most of your like mental resources and such, and you want to lay low, watch everybody else, and get ready for the finals later on, or do you continue to travel? Do you continue to give it your best and show your opponents what you're capable of? Give them more match footage. Like, what's your strategy going through the rest of the season when you've already punched your ticket like on day one? So uh, I'm a I, I I work a little different. Uh, may not know a lot of people may think like this too, but like I I personally just keep going to the events. But what I what I do is I try to I I hope that I run into people that uh, that I feel like their character gives my character a hard time, and I try to like get those footage and get those two out of three match footage because uh, two out of three is just so volatile, right? Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is try to get a lot of info and a lot of match footage that I can. So I could take that and like carry that for me for the uh, for the finals event. So I'm still playing at my best, but I get to try new things because I'm not as stressed anymore. So I was like, yo, I really want to try this out in this matchup. I'm going to play like this only just see how mm-hmm. successful I am. So I usually use that and I watch footage and be like, oh, OK, so this works, but I need to tweak this up here. So and then the cool thing about that, too, is like when I'm doing that and say, for example, it does work. Now I have two styles that I know are going to work. It's the style that I won with and the style that I have for backup. And I feel like strategy, uh, two out of three, is very important to have. So I feel like, uh, and, and and my characters are very like straightforward and linear. So I feel like every time I go to a tournament, I have to bring something new to the table. So that's, I just I go to events and just play. How much of your preparation for Arc Revo has been, you know, 
focusing on your game, your execution, your strategy, and how much of it has been studying for potential opponents? Uh, so I, so it's crazy. Um, I use, uh, looking at, you know, looking at the arc finals bracket now and saying how much I practiced, I would say I practice a lot for specific characters and, and it's so good because since I know it's like 32 players and I kind of know like the road that I'm kind of, kind of have to go, uh, I just been really, really practicing like exclusive matchups, but, um, I would say that my training resume is like really, 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 really long. So like. I'll, I'll play long time with people for like four hours, you know, like, and we would just sit there and we were like, we would just fight it out. Like it would take like, you know, a 20 minute break, 25 minute break. And then we'll fight it out again and just fight it out again. And like, uh, and I usually in those, in those process, I, I usually play like uh, different styles so I could try to see like what's efficient here and like what's efficient there. Right. And being like conservative and like being like, you know, putting a lot of energy in like this one scenario, like, you know, I just mix it up a little bit just to try to get, like, an idea of, like, you know, what do I need to do in these, like, these uh, circumstances, you know? Uh, like I said, my characters are very linear, so I have to bring a lot to a table, and I have to be very unique of uh, what I'm doing. You know, I can't just do the same thing over and over. We've got a quick question in the chat from HiFi. Uh, who do you think is going to be your hardest opponent to beat? My hardest opponent to beat right now are characters that... Uh, they kind of snowball my character, right? So, like, they don't necessarily beat my character, but snowball the character. So, like, characters like Slayer and uh, and Eno. Uh, I'm not necessarily afraid of the opponents, but I'm more afraid of, like, the, the, the stuff that the characters do so fast in a, ga- in a game that, like, uh, you could really, really die, like, like really fast. Like, you could just be like, yo, blink, and then, like, it's a KO, you know? So I got to make sure that I don't blink, and I got to make sure that uh, I, I stay uh, very vigilant and you know, and be on be on my be on my feet, and just make sure that they don't get a chance to like ball me. So characters like those archetypes are the most uh, are the ones I'm most afraid of. Uh, not necessarily f- really afraid of anybody else. It's just those characters. Right. Now I want to take it back to something you said earlier uh, when you talked about your path to Arc Revo, because you know you've it's going to be a 32 player bracket, but the setup for it is a little different because you've got the players. I think it's like nineteen who've qualified or so. Uh, yeah, I think it's thir- I think it's. I think it's. Well, uh, I think it's thirteen LCQ. Yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah. nineteen who qualified through the regular season, and then you've got something like thirteen last chance qualifiers where you, you effectively win a pool and you're in the tournament. Do you do you feel like there's any sort of advantage getting in that way versus you know going you know because it, it to me. You know, not mm-hmm. not to disrespect anyone who's going to the last chance qualifier. There's going to be a ton of great players, but to me, it feels like winning Frosty Faustings is a tougher hill to climb than winning a pool. Yeah, it is because uh, you know you want to be seated uh, pretty high. Uh, so I would say like winning like those qualifiers are really really hard. I feel like Fro- I feel like there was like like three events that was just really really hard to beat, and like Frosty like definitely one of the top three events to like to win because i was like the, i think it was second biggest uh next to um next to a uh, combo breaker but uh i would say uh yeah honestly like being in the lcq you you definitely kind of get kind of get like a slap in the slap in the you know back you know uh because first of all the pools are like randomized so i don't even think there's seating involved at all so 
it, it, it's literally like a coin flip. So like some people are living life right now, and some people they kind of gotta scrape change, and you know, hope 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 to God like they make it, you know. So it's heaven or hell. <laughs> yeah, it's it's heaven or hell, and a lot there's a lot of people in heaven right now <laughs> chilling. But uh, yeah, so uh, good luck to them. That's all I'm. That's all I can say. Yeah. All right. So you you talked about the players. You're, you're not really f- afraid of players uh, for for any particular players. Um, if let me put it this way, if mm-hmm. you are unable to win, I'm not I'm not going to let you say bet on yourself or bet against yourself. Take yourself okay. out of the tournament. Okay. Who's the one name you think? Okay, that's the person who I'm going to bet the money on. Assume assuming gambling's legal in your state, you know. Uh, uh, it was. I would say Omito. Why, why Omito? Why because Omito? he hasn't lost. He hasn't lost since January. <laughs> okay, that that makes things yeah. a little easier. Yeah, he has. He hasn't lost since since uh, Evil Japan, and the person that beat him is not even going. So, gonna win the tournament. Oh man, that sucks. All right. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, we we've been talking a lot about Xrd. Um, mm-hmm. this is we don't know when Guilty Gear. 2020 is coming out outside of obviously 2020 but we don't know when so Mm -hmm. does your approach change a bit or do you do you have sort of a different mindset knowing that this is might be the last big event for this game or at least one of the last big events yeah my mindset like since i play so many fighting games i feel like the knowledge that i learned uh just from just like when i started and like the games, uh, kind of like dabble around. I feel like my mindset is just going to like, like I'm just going to adapt to what's in front of me, right? So I'm going to like dissect the game for what it is, and I'm going to play my game that I always, you know, I always play in, in all the other games. And uh, you know, it's not going to really like affect me, you know. Like it's fine. I'm actually just looking forward to it, you know. That's all I can really say about that. All right. Who? All right. Have you paid? a whole lot of attention to the other two games out there, uh, BB Tag and BB Central Fiction? Yeah, so I used to I used to play uh, CF a lot, uh, but the uh, I just couldn't I couldn't uh, keep playing because, uh, you know, the netcode was just really too hard to just, like, uh, find, like, constant players all the time with, like, good internet, so I felt like uh, I wasn't really, like, processing the way, like, you know, I, I, I processed in, like, Guilty Gear. Because uh, I play a character that I know, I, like, the characters I usually play are very, very, like, they're not very, very hard, but they're, like, one of those things where you have to keep playing. You have to play, and you have to, like, play, like, everybody, and you have to always play everybody. And so, uh, if you're not playing people, I, I feel like, like, you just, like, you start falling off, like, just, like, awareness-wise. Like, you have to just be aware of every situation. Like, they have the tools for everything, but you have to, like, be aware of that. So when I realized I couldn't really play as much as I, I wanted, I was like, man, like, I feel like I'm just, like, not really improving. Like, I'm, like, stuck, you know? So I just, like, well, you know, PC uh, Guilty Gear was really good, and um, I, I'm able to get good internet with, like, good players. So I'm always playing, like, what I need to play all the time. Do you do you have your eye on any particular players uh, in uh, Central Fiction for this weekend? Uh, if... If if all goes well, SKD is going to win the tournament. Oh man, that would be that would be a scene seeing uh, SKD 
like, like how how many people if he wins, how many people are rushing the stage? Uh, probably just eight of us. Eight. Okay. So 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 if I manageable if, if we say seven and a half is the over under, you're taking the over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's it's literally it's not going to be a lot of people running up, but I'm gonna be one of the eight. So, <laughs> All right, man. be happy for him. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully him or you, hopefully you have something to celebrate this weekend. Uh, one real quick uh, question from the chat from the chat, excuse me. Uh, S. Wilson asks, uh, do you think starting with Guilty Gear 2020 is good, or should they start with uh, Exert? I think people should play Exert. Uh, I think it's a lot of, it's a very amazing game. I think it's one of the best games out right now. And I think, like, even though, like, a lot of the ideas don't really carry into the game, I think just appreciating the art of just the game, I think it's important the most. And I think it also helps you, like, learning the few basics that's going to be in 2020. So you get to learn about FD, you get to learn about IB, you get to learn about you know, all these mechanics, and you'll, you'll be able to see, like, how cool it got revamped into the new game, and then you'll, you'll have to, you'll have, like, a step ahead of everybody else who's not playing, tw- uh, who's not playing Exer right now, you know what I mean? So, like, if they're waiting for 2020, you play Exer, then you'll have an upper hand in 2020. So, I think playing the game for a bit is really good. Alright, well, thank you for that. Uh, are you doing any streaming before uh, finals? Uh, I am not streaming... On Thursday or Friday. Okay. But if they are yeah. streaming, uh, how are they going to find you? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. They can uh, follow me uh, on Twitch. I usually tweet out when I'm live. My Twitch is uh, Kizzy K310 uh, all together. So it's just K-I-Z-Z-I-E-K-A-Y 310. So uh, if you want to check me out, uh, I'm pretty chill. I got a lot of bangers. Uh, we, we got a lot of tunes. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of music. So like I make sure my, my music is always vibing. So people just come in. Like, it's funny. Like a lot of people just come through and they just like, they just put me on their background and they, they don't even watch. They just hear me hit button and they hear my music. And eventually they're like, answer, like ask a few stuff, but usually they just, it's almost like I'm their iPod, you know? So it's cool. Okay. Can you answer this in five seconds? Cause we, cause we're chewing in the ultra chat. Uh, okay. What char- what legacy character would you like to see in Guilty Gear 2020 that hasn't been announced yet? Izuna. Okay, thank you. Uh, Kizzy, thank you for taking the time out. Uh, best of luck to you this weekend. Uh, we'll all be thank you. for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. See you guys later. See ya. Thanks a lot, man. And that is going to do it for us. Uh, thank you to Kizzy. Let me do the transition. Uh, there we go. Thank you to Kizzy. Thank you to Amanda. Thank you to Vicious. Thank you to uh, BG Callisto for letting us use uh, some of his footage. Uh, thank you to Sonic for showing through. Uh, thank you to you uh, for thank helping me. Thank you make... to you, Steve, no, no, no. for doing everything. For To everyone in chat who subscribes, who follows, who watches us, who tweets us out, you guys make this happen. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Elon will be back next week, and we'll be back to our more regular format with more uh, roundtable discussion. But till then, uh, this has been Best of Five. Good night, Canada. Good night, Canada. Love you, miss you, bye. There you go. <laughs>